Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Crisis and I'm your host Iowa Bass. Today it's Friday the 2nd of October 2020. My guest is Renee Dobrinak from Hawkins Brown. We talk about all things brand including when things don't go quite to plan. We also look at their approach to digital and what they've been doing during lockdown. We also see how they view marketing and comms as an investment to their firm and what that entails. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you do like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review as it really, really does help us to spread the word. Anyway, happy listening. Hi, Renee, and welcome to Marketing in Times of Crisis. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, Can you give me a brief intro to you and your role at Hawkins Brown? Cool. Um, Well, thanks, Aya, for having me, first of all. Um, So I am one of two comms managers at Hawkins Brown, and uh, we could talk about that. um, I develop comms strategies for sector services and projects. And so um, for a practice of our size, which is um, about just short of 300 people now. Um, We've got quite a lot of um, sectors and specialisms. So um, I work with the different sector heads um, and specialist heads to um, develop narratives for um, their work, really. Um, They've all got sort of slightly different needs, different audiences, and really um, my job is to work at a more granular level and, um, and develop strategies for each of these sectors. And what sort of things do you end up looking at or what what kind of uh, channels do you kind of consider for that? Um, So it's anything from um, coming uh, coming up with a media strategy for, uh, you know, a particular project. Um, We work with um, an external PR consultant um, who are Ing and we... Um, you know, they do a lot of the media liaison, but as um, for those of us who are in-house, it's usually, um, you know, just having having an overview of what type of projects are coming into completion, which ones are uh, getting the key milestones, right, which ones are the ones with um, interesting narratives that we can build up from a, a specialist perspective. So an example might be, okay, this particular university building is coming up to um, planning permission stage. Yeah. And this actually is a really interesting one from a sustainability perspective. So a lot of the times my job is to connect the dots and say, right, you know, this is a you know, a, there's a project narrative that's happening, but also um, there's a um, secondary narrative here about one of our specialisms. So, yeah. you and know, it, it connects into the bigger picture of where you want to be and where you want to go, I guess. Right. Exactly. So yeah. there's um, so, yeah, I put those things together and um, come up with our external communication plan to um, support a lot of the um, PR and media activities that um, Ing help us with. And I guess uh, I th- personally, I, I love your brand. It's very distinct. You've got a good tone of voice. Um, what? How do you kind of approach branding as a company? What's your kind of take on it? Um, well, uh, you know, as you know, Hawkins Brown has got a, a really sort of distinct brand identity. Um, we yeah. like to think we take a stance um, and be bold with how we, um, you know, uh, engage with the world. And I think it comes from um, fundamentally thinking of, um, you know, marketing and communications as um, as an investment, you know, because um, brands are a little bit like houseplants in that you can't just buy a plant you know, and then put it in your house and neglect it for 10 years and expect it to live. Like, you know, no plant's going to be able to do that. It's going to need... Unless you go plastic. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, Sorry. Uh, that's, that's one way to go about it. Yeah. Sure. It's an actual creature. <laughs> you, want, you actually want the real plant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I quite like the real ones. Right? And also, yeah, our right. office has lots of 
um, lots of the real guys, um, which interestingly, um, they did get taken care of during lockdown. So they're not dead, which is great. That's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Back to the branding. Sorry, I completely threw you off. Um, so yeah. So what's your approach? So you've got to kind of yeah. nurture it basically is what you're saying, right? Yeah, because it's um, I think it's about um, continual investment rather than, um, you know, a one time big expense, you know, because you it's really easy to get into the habit of, OK, well, we, you know, spent lots of money, recommissioned a website. Everything's going to be hunky dory. Um, yep. You know, we're not going to maintain it, et cetera, et cetera. I've seen this so many times, um, and of course, yeah. you know, five, five years down the line, a new comms manager walks in and they go, oh, my God. So, you know, you're looking at an army of dead plants, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. You know? so, well, um, website you have to feed it. You're absolutely right. If you don't yeah. feed your website constantly, it, it yeah. you know it goes out of date, and people stop going to it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's um, you know it's the equivalent of um, letting the dust gather on your um, you know your office show window or whatever you want to call it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's just about, um, you know, looking, you know, having something, investing in it and looking after it. And um, it sounds simple, but it's quite, you know, there's an art to making that happen. So I understand you're kind of, un- uh, you're uh, doing a brand refresh or assessing your brand at the moment. What challenges have come up as you've been doing that or, or how have you found it, I guess, as a process? Um, well, it's, really difficult in that, um, you know, I, th- I think every practice would find this difficult. Um, I've sort of seen different types of iterations of the same exercise at different practices, but fundamentally it's really difficult to just stop and take stock of, right, who am I? Uh, why are we doing this? What, um, you know, how are we doing this? And, yeah. um, you know, and what makes it special? And, you know, the people who do it are sort of in the in the midst of actually doing it. So you don't necessarily have that sort of, um, you know, perspective in what you do and what might make you special. Um, yeah. So, you know, so on one hand, um, you know, we, we had a lot of um, external consultants help us out, which um, which was great because, you know, you just get that kind of um sort of outsider's perspective of, oh, you know, these are the things that um, really stick out about um, you and your culture. Um, You know, and I guess the the difficult bit, though, was that um, getting internal buy-in, because at the end of the day, this, um, you know, this affects the day-to-day workings of nearly 300 people. And if they don't see themselves in the brand, it's going to completely flop. I mean, if they, you know, if uh, if people kind of end up hating it, then they're not going to pick it up. And so, you know, you're going to it's, it's already a dead dog before it starts. So we've actually had to, um, you know, we, we've had failed ideas. Absolutely. You know, we've had to yeah. go back to the drawing board, really, and sort of rebuild something because it was, um, you know, quite a long process. But I think it's absolutely worth the effort. Um, you won't be seeing it in our channels just yet. But, um, no. you know, interesting things coming. happening in the future. Um, what did you kind of, I guess, what did you learn from that failure or it not working quite as planned for the first time around? What did you change when you did it again? Um, well, I think the, what was the difference? I mean, it could have been, you know, there's, this is probably a whole other conversation onto itself, but it may have yeah. been that it's just, you know, the, the sort of vibe between, you know, who you work with. Um, and also, um, and I think the really important bit is um, the fact that we actually listen to, you know, the people who are going to be living and breathing this stuff. We, um, yeah. you know, we went back and did a, pre- you know, all staff presentation and, you know, we, we asked what people think and actually listened. And I know, you know, this is not an easy process because you've, you know, already it's gone really through to do, so yeah. much, um, you know, and then to be kind of told, well, actually, you know, we've, the results are in and, you know, more than 60% of the people hate it, which means, oh God, okay. Which well, means, yeah. yeah. At least you asked, you, you did ask and also you, 
you're happy to change. And I think that's that's the key the key part because some people go, oh, just continue. And it's like, well, we don't want it. You know, yeah. and at least you kind of had that foresight of this isn't quite right. Let's let's yeah. let's start again. And that's a huge thing to do. And yeah. it's a great learning experience, I think, which is why I was asking the failure. Sure. Um, and I think it just comes from the understanding that everyone everyone lives the brand to some sort of extent. You know, yeah. it could be how you write a design and access statement, it could be how you talk to a client, you know, these are it's these are things that sort of seep into the daily practice of um, of everybody. And um, and yeah, if they you know, if if they don't feel comfortable living in it, then um, there's almost no point, right. is there? No, absolutely. And are there any tips you would give to other practices looking to kind of go down this kind of reassessing their brand or just making sure it's on track with where they're going? Um, yeah, I think um, the I think my main thing is that start with the big concepts first. And it's really, really difficult. You know, it's a slightly painful exercise kind of having to flush out, you know, oh, what makes us special or, you know, what the clients think. It's great to talk to clients, by the way. You know, they, they have a completely yeah. different perspective than you um, and sort of understand, you know, what where do I sit in the whole, um, in the grand scheme of things? How do I, how do people see us, you know, in comparison to other architect practices? Um, you know, you, you need to kind of gather all of this information and start with all of the conceptual things and also who you want to talk to, you know, maybe, um, if you're working on a branding exercise so that you can win new work, which I think is going to be the case with a lot of people, um, you know, this is one, oh yeah, (laughs) and this is one route, or maybe um, you want to make yourself attractive to um, younger talent, you want to hire like amazing part ones and part twos, you know, that is, that is a legitimate goal as well. And um, what often people kind of get into, you know, they they just fall into the trap of um, having endless meetings about, oh, you know, whether should we use orange or should we use green? (laughs) I mean, I really think particular shade of Pantone really kind of represents who we are and you're just like oh god you are wasting your time um you know the the visuals and you know it is easy to kind of um, lock yourself into the sort of visuals and the sort of tactility of the you know the type and you know all of these pretty stuff but actually these are um you know these are the result of a you know a concept rather than a thing onto itself and I think it's really um, important to differentiate those things but I always think it's quite funny. I think always when people are like, oh, no, let's talk about the colour and, and, and just the, the yeah. logo and what it does. And you're there going, okay, this is like the superficial, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. the yeah. superficial level of marketing. Actually, everything, yeah. like, it's much more about, you know, how clients yeah. perceive you and, and that, you know, what your actual company represents, how you're going to be, behave towards people, you know, what's exactly. the experience like working with you? Yeah. And I think those are much bigger conversations and yeah. harder to have which is kind of why I think people ignore them uh, because yeah. it's a lot harder to do exactly it's a shame but it's you know but the harder conversations are the most important and if you don't have those conversations you are going to end up spending thousands if not you know tens of thousands of pounds on yeah something that is eventually going to flop and, you know, die a death after two years, you know, even, you know, just to go back to plants for a second, you know, even a succulent is going to need a watering at some point. (laughs) Which is where I'm going wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you're going to have to like its presence and it's going to have to feel nice and, you know, fit, you know, fit, fit, fit into its environment, I guess. Um, yeah, that's absolutely so, so true. It's good, great advice. Um, so obviously we're kind of in this weird limbo land of we may go into full lockdown, we may not, who knows what's going on. How have you guys been doing over lockdown? What, what's been going on with you? 
Um, so lockdown. Oh my goodness. Um, I think everyone's kind of got a, a lockdown story by now. Um, it's, it's been an extraordinary time. Um, you know, we, we all remember, it, you know, back in March when the world just seemingly turned upside down within the space of a week over here in the UK. And, yeah. uh, you, you know, you, you just spent a week when you get these emails saying, oh, this event's been canceled. That's been canceled. Um, you know, here's your, here's your refund from, you know, the RIBA de- uh, events department and what, whatnot. And there was, I think there was a lot of anxiety, um, you know, not just, you know, not just for businesses, but um, just the public in general. And um, I think it was uh, it was an interesting point in time. Um, when you look at, um, you know, social media, for example, I think a lot of businesses were going in one or the other direction of either not saying anything because, oh, you know, this is a really difficult time. Everyone's on yeah. the edge. We're not going to say anything. Or the other extreme was where, you know, you just got this flood of work from home selfies. And, you know, even after about three weeks, you're thinking, okay, I've had enough of people who are bringing pictures of people with headphones My on. <laughs> I'm doing this too. It's fine. Um, and for us, it took um, it took a little while um, for us to come to this decision. But we wanted to, well, first of all, just assure our clients that you know we are working at home. The um, you know it's the projects are still progressing, and we just wanted them to feel confident that they're still going to get the good quality work that they expect from us, yeah. and the uh, communications needed to reflect that. So. Um, we decided to take a, um, uh, you know, a decidedly positive approach. So we Good. marked our first pandemic post, um, if you will, by, change, by um, changing our uh, usual strapline to end with, uh, you know, where we normally end with. Uh, and most of all, good listeners, we've changed that to, and most of all, kick-ass remote workers. And yeah, I know. I've seen that on your video, actually, on your website. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. it's a bit of a bold move, you know. It's, um, you know, not everybody likes it. It's a little bit of an opinion splitter. But at the same time, it captured that mood where you're, you know, we've just taken a stance to say, right, here we are. We're, we're still here with you, and we're going to be positive about it. And, and we're making the best of it, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And we're here to work this through with you. And um, and interestingly, it must have um, you know struck a chord at some level because it that all of those posts on every channel that we put it on, it sort of broke records, and people you know reacted really well to it. And I think it was because it was this you know it wasn't even trying to do much. It was just a jolt of positivity at a time where everybody was feeling really anxious and just wanted, you know, a little bit of delight and, you know, in their beads. Um, mm. You know, we're not, we're not promising to save the world here, but it was just a, um, Hey, here we are kind of thing. And, you know, you mentioned the video on the website. We, um, you know, that was, when um, that? sorry. When did you shoot that? Um, well, so this that video um, was originally shot. Uh, I think it was about five years ago now. Um, oh wow! And it was uh, you know we had commissioned it specifically. You know, it's all about studio culture and what we yeah. do, and um, is really wonderfully done. Um, but it just felt really out of tune. Um, you know, particularly that period when we just got into full lockdown and we couldn't really go anywhere. So yeah. we decided to again. This is um, a bit bold, but we edited it down. And, um, you know, we included a stop frame of this empty wall in the studio saying, 
hi, you know, we're Hawkins Brown. We're not in the studio right now, um, but we're working at home, et cetera, et cetera. And so you kind of get this um, slightly tragic comic, you know, um, blank video where we're taking <laughs> out the people in the office. And, yeah. um, and I think, you know, it's, it's just another um, bold move, isn't it? About, okay, we're just going to inject a little bit of humor here because, um, you know, we want to acknowledge where we are right now um, yeah. in the world. And, um you know, we also want people to feel confident that, um, you know, you could still work with us. And I think these two um, gestures really made a difference in um, how people engaged with us online. And so when we, um, you know, went back to posting content about, uh, you know, anything from thought pieces to, you know, hey, we've got planning permission for this, you know, we, we yeah. have a lot of engagement. I mean, what's interesting there, I think, is that you talked about your video being five years old, but yeah. you can repurpose it and reuse it and update it. I mean, it, it, it shows, I guess, what you can do with great content. And I think that's, that's something yeah. we can all learn from, isn't it? Because yeah. actually, it's still lots current. I wouldn't know it's five years old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, there's... Um, and it, you know, cause like at this point, like we weren't really prepared to commission a full new video, you know, that would have no, been no, a little no. bit too much, but then, you know, we just, you know, I edited it myself actually, you know, we, yeah. had, we did it in house. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's, I guess, you know, it goes back to the whole conversation about investment. You know, if you invest in good collateral, you know, be it great graphic design or like a really yeah. beautifully shot video, you know, it will pay you dividends for years. Yeah. And you can recut it. You can use yeah. it in different ways and, and per, you know, you can change the message. You can mix it up a bit and stuff like that. And, and Absolutely. it's a piece of con. And I think that's the thing. And nowadays, especially yeah. if we're, st we're going towards this digital world is you can have like a single piece of content that's repurposed across multiple channels with multiple themes. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, I guess it's getting that framework together in the first place. Exactly. So you kind of understand when you're briefing that piece of work, yeah. what it is that, you know, you want it to be yeah. able to do. Yeah, us getting the sweet spot of that is kind of what you need nowadays, isn't it? With yeah, and you can even throw that conversation back to the whole, you know, the concept um, bit of the brand where you know this is who we are and how we are, and yeah. um, you know when you get that right, that does mean that you know, like we did um, with this video, you could still use content from five years ago because we had answered those difficult questions at that time, and we yeah. continue to do so, so that you know the collateral that we produced at the time is still relevant. And, um, you know, it still very much is a part of our identity. Yeah. And um, in terms of what's been going on in, uh, I guess, what kind of marketing activities have you been doing for the past few months then? What, what's been your focus? What have you had to change? Um, what have we had to change? I mean, I think like many Marcoms professionals, we've had to be really agile. So yeah. it has been a series of, um, you know, short term planning, very much. A, OK, well, this has changed now. Let's, uh, you know, change our tactics. And yeah. um, we've, you know, we've been very um, reactive in what we do, but we've also been pushing out lots of digital content. Um, you know, we've just published a piece on, um, you know, how we approached a uh, retrofit project, for example, yeah. um, during World Green Building Week. So it's been a lot of digital content for us. Have you enjoyed the move from the kind of traditional events to, towards more of this digital uh, content? Yeah, I think so. It's, um, you know, the, it's uh, it opens up a possibility to get really creative with what you've got. So, you know, a, um, a project team might come with you with a um, an animation they've done um, for yeah. a consultation 
for one of their projects. And the great thing was, was that they had to get creative because, you know, they couldn't do an in-person consultation. So they produced this lovely animation, which then came to me. Um, and you went, wow. Yeah, and I thought, oh, this is great. You know, you're um, producing content for me as well. So I had a lot of fun, you know, chopping and changing that into, um, you know, small little videos for social media or yeah. writing a little bit about the project with, um, you know, said, um, said animation. So, you know, I think it's just, um, uh, just getting creative with um, how we're having to, you know, react um, to what 2020 it, is throwing at us. <laughs> Which is quite a lot of stuff. Um, but I guess that's one of the things right now. I, I think what we're having to, yeah, we're learning to kind of be more creative, which I don't think yeah. is necessarily a bad thing because we've always done stuff in a certain way, face-to-face, this, that, and the other. And now yeah. I guess we're having to embrace digital in a way that we've never had to do before. And what's quite exciting, I think, is when we do go back to mm. whatever the new normal is, when, yeah. you know, how digital is going to play more of a role, I think, which I think it's going to have to. But yeah. I think some of these ideas that we're developing now are definitely going to be here to stay, which is I think, I think is a mm-hmm. good thing, definitely. Yeah, I think it is. And also, um, you know, it um, sort of brings back the idea that, um, you know, Marcoms really is a creative activity. And, you know, at our best, we should be, you know, your creative friends that sort of develops concepts with you as you work on projects, you know, yeah. whereas the, oh, the only difference is that, you know, we're coming from different disciplines and, you know, our job is to sort of talk about the work in all these various ways. And as you, you know, you know more than anyone that, you know, there are many different ways to do this. <laughs> many, many. Uh, and what, uh, I guess, marketing wise, do you think you're going to be doing in the next few months? What's your, what's on your, I say, short term plan? You know what I mean? Okay. So um, we're going to, I think, continue to invest in communications as we always have really. So, um, you know, just to, um, just because we have got a brand already and we, you know, again, like that good old house plan, we just need to keep watering it, but that isn't to say we shouldn't experiment or try things new. And, um, you know, we've got a few completions coming up in the next six months and we're going to have to be really creative in how we're going to tell these stories about, um, people and the relationship to places because um yeah. we don't really subscribe to the idea that buildings are you know these big monolithic scu- sculptures to be marveled at um, you <laughs> mean people we, actually use them yeah <laughs> I know, like actually like live in them work in them you know all that kind of good stuff um yeah. so it does mean that okay well we can't actually visit the buildings you know how can we how can we animate these places so that um these buildings you know, still matter to people and, you know, yeah. how, how did they change people's lives? You know, how does it change, um, how we teach art, you know, just as an example. Um, mm. and, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to just, um, exploring different avenues. Cause I think, you know, built the built environment communications world has, um, you know, long been fairly, I mean, I wouldn't say uniform, but it's been, you know, it's been fairly conservative, (laughs) you know, and how conservative, yeah, (laughs) you know, how, how we've, um, how we've operated. And I think there's a lot we can learn about, you know, consumer facing PR and Markov. Completely. I, I, yeah, on Instagram and stuff, I follow a lot of stuff there. Yeah. It's literally for inspiration because I just find the consumer world is, the streets ahead when it comes to digital. Yeah, because, you know, like some things you just can't even avoid about the, you know, the whole, um, you know, series of Fenty adverts where they're like, oh, you know, we've we've been, um, we've been uh, like, oh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, You know, Instagram has banned us, you know, here's our uh, blurry images. It works. It's really memorable. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, that's it, isn't it? Here's our blurry images. We can't show you the full ones. Go to our website if you want to see. Exactly. <laughs> it's my building. It's pixelated. Um, <laughs> I probably won't try that. Um, in terms of now, I guess at the moment we are in a recession. Um, what was your experience or what has your experience been of previous recessions? How, how have you fared as an individual? Oh, God, recessions. Okay, so we're talking about 2008 here, right? We are. Oh, that's the one <laughs> okay. I know. Yep, yep. I remember this. I'm old enough now. <laughs> Um, so 2008, um, so I was a, um, a fresh graduate. I just finished yeah. art school and there were no jobs for arts graduates that are also an immigrant. Like there just weren't any. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I remember, um, feeling really gutted because I had, um, I had a, you know, I'd passed a job interview, um, at an arts organization. I won't tell you which one. Um, but they promptly dumped me when um, they found out that I only had a few months left on my visa. Um, so I was a little bit lost. Um, you know, I had, I had a CV full of great looking internships. Um, you know, I but was no, about to start that hard job wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I was about to start another one in, um, you know, in a sort of an editorial department of a magazine and it was all mm. lovely. Um, but yeah, like nobody was willing to pay me any money. So um, I ended up working for in a farm, um, in a Munchie Park and farm, no less. And um, and I've got lots of fond memories of I'm um, getting chased around by Trevor the turkey because um, I used to have to sort of ca- you know carry these little birthday cakes for little children across the farm and. Like, oh my, I had no idea how aggressive these turkeys <laughs> It was kind of like, okay, Renee, run for your life. <laughs> With a cake in your hand. That's brilliant. <laughs> cake in hand. <laughs> so, you know, I, I never know what to say in interviews when you say, oh, you know, well, yes, I've got grit, as in, like, you know, I've successfully yeah. run away from you know, a hungry turkey when I'm carrying like, oh, farm. That wasn't quite what we meant. However, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess the take home message here is that, you know, it's it probably is going to be quite similar. And, you know, people are going to be in jobs they never expected they were going to do, yeah. um, you know, when they started university. Um, but, there, you know, there are ways of doing it. And I think you still kind of like content, you have to get creative with um, how you approach yeah. your career. You know, I kind of went from, uh, well, being chased around by Turkey in a farm to um, doing admin roles while I was doing um, a lot of performance art gigs with um, arts arts organizations and yeah. um, that's kind of how I ended up going into um, comms in the built environment because it um, utilizes that same skill set so and I think that's a sideways move you don't always get that you know ideally you know where you want to be but that's not always possible isn't it so I guess it's that sideways moves and yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, think I think you have to be open to that in a way especially now Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I do occasionally meet people um, who are about my age who say, oh, you know, I uh, work in PR, started as an account exec at so-and-so, and and then, you know, I'm currently like a director, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, oh, wow. you (laughs) Four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. You know, we've around the same time. But, you know, but most of the time, you know, I'm talking to people who had similar experiences where, you know, you work in all kinds of crazy places when you're 20. I know. And then you're just there going, yes, I'll make the most of this. It's fine. (laughs) On to my final two questions. So at the moment, obviously, um, it's a bit of a crazy time for everyone. Are there any standout marketing campaigns which you've really kind of admired or seen 
could be in the built environment or it could be outside the built environment. Is there anything when you've gone, that's just brilliant? Oh, okay. Um, I think I'm going to stick with the built environment. And I don't know if I should call it a marketing campaign as such, but it certainly, you know, will have the positive effects of one, which is yeah. um, the... Um, bear with it. It's the Carbon Counts website um, that Field and Clegg Bradley oh. Studio had done, um, which coincided with their Material Matters exhibition, which was um, on just before we went into lockdown. And, you know, it's the website where um, it's it's an educational thing and, um, and it's a really useful resource of how, um, you know, each and every material that you might be specifying, you know, what does it um, mean in terms of carbon? The, yeah, exactly. What are the implications, you know, carbon wow. implications of all these uh, materials? I mean, it's a beautiful website. I mean, I say bravo to whoever's, you know, whoever executed this because yeah. it's um, it's a wonderfully um, useful piece of content. It's educational. It's, um, and it's useful. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's a really important topic. And I think, um, you know, I look up to this sort of stuff, um, you know, from the perspective of marketing, comms and built environment I think we should be inspiring to this you know yeah I guess it's sharing the knowledge right so that we all yeah. have a resource to use which especially on key issues like carbon exactly like you need you need to have something there that we can use and and, and trust as well right yeah they've put that investment in they've done the work and it's there for the industry which I always yeah. think is a good thing yeah I think it's a you know on point piece of thought leadership and it does its job very well Brilliant. I'm going to look out for that. I have not seen that one. Oh, you should. Um, and on to my final question, which is what one tip would you give to a built environment business leader about how they can be marketing sales from here on in? Mm, okay. So I think number one out of everything is um, clarifying what your goals are. Like what does success look like for you? Because not, you know, nobody has the endless budget that you'd want to spend on stuff like this. So, you know, you really have to be succinct about what you want and how are you going to achieve it and whose help are you going to get to achieve this? And this could be, you know, um, asking an external consultant like your good self IO or um, hiring somebody internal like me, yeah. um, you know, who, and we, you know, we, we will give you different things right you know an external can give you um you know a different perspective on oh okay so you know you might be lacking this and this and this skill set in-house so why don't you consider hiring somebody to do this but i can help you with this type of collateral as an example yeah. or um you know somebody in-house you know we're we are going to be as good as how well we understand your work so you know we we kind of have to get bedded in we, we want to get to know you um you know and talk to us you know um we as I said before, at our best, I think we're, um, you know, the creative critical friend who um, works yeah. with you to, you know, create wonderful bits of collateral and content from people. Yeah. And right now, like there's an entire ocean of this sort of, you know, endless hues of gray and indulgent, inaccessible writing. And that's such an easy trap to get into. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, now that we aren't able to go to award ceremonies, you can't go to these parties, you know, and, um, you know, talk up your next client, for example. So it would really be silly not to yeah. think about how we look and talk and walk in um, in your practice. But also how it actually works in a digital context, because I think actually you're absolutely yep. right, especially when it comes to writing, because, you know, dense, large kind of theoretical text that nobody really understands <sighs> doesn't work online. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> use some headings, use some colour, split it up. You know, it's, it's like oh. that is kind of it. That just works so much better. And I did, a, you know, I'm reading it on my phone. Yeah. How can I, how can you make it yeah. digestible for me? How can you make it so yeah. I want to read? Um, those yeah. are amazing, amazing tips, Renee. And thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah. And we are done. Thank oh, you. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> 
then that was fun. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Crisis. If you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review as it helps us to spread the word and for more people to get to hear about us. If you want to know more about things mentioned in the episode, do look at the show notes, which will give you more information about where to find us and also about our show website. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed it and have a great day. Bye.